Hey, 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 it is Coach Carla Webb, and have I got a treat for you today. We are going to be talking to Christian weight loss expert, Crystal Thompson. She is amazing, and she is going to help you get God on your weight loss squad. But before we get into all of that, we're going to talk about relationships, because I am all about creating healthy relationships with yourself, others, and God. And... Crystal went through a time that, you know, her relationships were kind of rocky and she went through a divorce and she got remarried. So we're going to talk about that first and then we will learn about how to get God on your weight loss squad. And before we even get to all of that, I would like to tell you about some things that I have coming up that I think you might be interested in. So I have a mentorship, a relation mentorship program and it's called my inner circle. And if you want to learn how to create healthy boundaries, how to communicate effectively, how to just have better relationships all together, whether that's with yourself, with others, or with God, that is going to be the place to be. And it is a monthly membership. It's called my inner circle mentorship. And I am going to be opening that up real soon. So if you are thinking that you would like to learn more about how to create healthy relationships, how to take power and control of your life and live the life you were meant to live, that mentorship, inner circle mentorship program is going to be the place for you to be. So go to CoachCarlaWeb.com and check that out. If you are going through a divorce or have recently gone through a divorce or separation, I have a divorce recovery group and I'm going to have another cycle of that coming up. It's a three month program and I only let 10 women in because I like to keep it small and intimate because walking through a divorce is you know, it's a difficult time and it can feel really, really lonely. And so divorce does not have to mean alone. You can have a community that is walking you through it and you can have a coach that is coaching you through it. And honestly, I created this program because this is what I wish I would have had whenever I was going through my divorce. And so I created it so that you could have it. And it could be there for you if that's what you're going through right now. So check out that at CoachCarlaWeb.com. And last but not least, I have about three three openings left in my one-on-one coaching. And that is if you are just wanting to work, you know, if you've got some really hard things that you're having a hard time moving forward with as far as relationships are concerned, and you feel like you need some personalized one-on-one coaching, I have a few spots open that I would love for you to check out. And um, if you sign up for one-on-one coaching, then you also get access, an automatic membership to the inner circle. So the inner circle is included in your one-on-one coaching. So again, you can check that out at CoachCarlaWeb.com. All right, let's get into the episode. So cue the intro.
Hello, my lovelies. I am Christian relationship coach, Carla Webb. I am relentless in empowering women to create healthy relationships with themselves, others, and God by coaching them on how to set healthy boundaries so that they can take back power and control of their lives and live the life they were meant to live. I believe we were created by God to be in relationships where we feel truly loved, treated with honor and respect and cherished. In each episode of If You Only Knew, we will have real, honest conversations. Conversations that will possibly challenge you and hopefully set you free. So let's get started. Well, hello, my lovelies, and welcome to another episode of If You Only Knew, and I have got a treat for you today. I have got a friend of mine, I call her friend, even though we've never met face-to-face, but still have developed just a, a bond and a kinship together in this world of Christian life coaching, and she is a Christian weight loss expert, and I can't wait for her to be able to tell you about that. But welcome, Miss Crystal Thompson. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Hey, Coach Carla. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we've never met in person, but I feel like we have. I know. <laughs> I feel like we really have. And and probably that one day we will, right? I believe that we will. I 100% <laughs> believe that. So I invite women onto my podcast to, who have our identify as being a Christian woman, a a follower of Jesus, and who have walked through a divorce and possibly have some uh, toxic relationships as a part of their past. And I like to discuss what that looked like as a woman of faith and then, you know, what you learned from it and where you are now, how you've come out on the other side of it. So I guess I'll start with you on on where does your story start as far as that is concerned? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question because I think it starts like all the way back, Carla, in about 1994 when I came back from Bible college and for one year of Bible college and just decided, you know, like I've had enough of this. I've had enough of, you know, the guilt of not being able to live up to this woman that I think I should be. I've had enough of, you know, not really being interested in church and not, you know, being able to wake up at 6 a.m. to do my devotions. And I had, Carla, like a whole list of all the things I wasn't. And I was just so tired of trying to keep up with what I thought a Christian woman should be. And so I let it all go. And as a result of that, for a good, I'm really bad with timelines, but a good 15, 20 years, you know, I just did my own thing. I dated who I wanted. I stopped going to church. You know, I started doing all the things that that still small voice inside of me told me not to do. And when I met my ex-husband, I, I was on the path of doing whatever the heck I wanted to do because... I couldn't be perfect at the Christian life. And so 
I met him when I was, uh, I want to say about 28, 29. So I, I had already had years of just, you know, thinking it was easier to forge my own path and not live up to what I thought, you know, the church expected of me and that Christianity expected of me to be a perfect woman. And um, so I entered into a dating relationship with a man who was a, a good guy, had some Christian beliefs and, and, you know, we just went with it. And um, I knew that it wasn't the right choice for me, but I had had so many years of trying to be perfect and feeling unworthy because I couldn't be perfect. Um, and I'm going to use the word I settled into it. Not that I am any better, of course, than my ex-husband, but I settled for something that I knew wasn't right for either of us. And I began our dating relationship that way. And I began our marriage relationship that way as well. Um, and as a result, our, our marriage relationship um, was toxic. It just, I'm going to use the words, really wasn't meant to be from the very beginning. And I knew it. Um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I did what I thought was easiest. I did what I wanted. Yes. Wow. That is, that is so, uh, I don't want to say typical. That's, it's not that it's a typical story, but it is something that we do easily fall into that many of us have fallen into that we feel like we can't live up to these standards. And so then why try? Right. Why bother? I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's either you're a hundred percent perfect or you know, kind of like diet mentality, you've fallen off the diet and rolled off into the ditch. And I lived, you know, for 20 years of my life, either walking the path of perfection and putting so much stress and pressure on myself in every area of my life, or just saying, forget about it, I I'm not going to do anything. And so it was like a life of two extremes mm -hmm. in, in every area of my life, I'll say. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm sure you've heard it said, Carla, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And and for me, if I wasn't being perfect at something, I wasn't mm -hmm. going to do it at all. Yeah. I just said that this past week, as a matter of fact, <laughs> how you do one thing is after. I, I really did just say that. Um, I get, maybe it's, it's the coach of us that knows that. Yeah, it is true, though. So you get into this marriage and, and you settle in. Not that you settled, but you settle in to it and the the toxic things start you know presenting themselves what did that look like for you well you know for me as i shared it was really a journey of not following the still small voice inside me which i know now to be the holy spirit and just allowing my own boundaries to be crossed right like allowing circumstances and being spoken to in ways that are just not acceptable um, for anybody, but particularly in, in a marriage. And just, I, I don't like to use the word settling because I think it infers that one person is better than the other. And I absolutely don't believe that. I like to think of it more in terms of, I had boundaries that I knew were being crossed and I just settled into, well, this is what I got myself into. And so I guess this is, 
is, you know, the life I've built for myself. So I guess this is kind of as good as it gets. And, mm. um, you know, just really living in a miserable coexistence and um, allowing myself to be treated less than I knew I should be. Yes. So in these conversations that I'm having uh, through the podcast and, and in coaching in general, um, something that gets brought up a lot is boundaries. And I, most of the people, most of the women that I work with come to me, they, this is a new concept to them. They have no boundaries. And so they don't even know they're being crossed, that the, that their boundaries are being, um, they, don't, they didn't have them to be crossed. And so whenever you talk about, you know, you knew that your the boundaries were being crossed what were those boundaries for you did you have an idea or a concept of boundaries before or is that something that you have come to realize after the fact yeah you know what you raise a, an interesting point there Carla I think if the the more honest statement would be looking back now I mm -hmm. see that my boundaries were crossed um and and the the fact of the matter is is that my ex-husband and I just simply did not have the same values. And I made that mean there was something wrong with him. And I made everything, you know, in my mind, because I didn't know any better at the time, his fault. Mm. But the fact of the matter is, values can be different. It doesn't make somebody good or bad. It just makes somebody different. And if I'm going to give you an example, you know, family is is very high, I'll say, on my value ladder. It just wasn't to my ex-husband. And so I would expect him to want to be a part of my values and go to family dinners and outings and, you know, outings with friends. And he just wouldn't because that wasn't his gig. That wasn't his thing. And it was like a constant source of, of tension when I recognized early on that this really wasn't who he was and it, and, and we weren't a match, right? Like Oprah yeah. says, people will tell you who they are. It's up mm -hmm. to you to listen. Yeah. Right. I just didn't listen. I just didn't follow. I kind of thought, well, this is what I've gotten myself into. We've been dating for a couple of years. This is as good as it gets. And it was like a constant, I'll say clash of the Titans. And, and looking back, like it, it was not his fault that he didn't want to participate in life the way I thought he quote unquote should. That was his choice. But aside from, you know, allowing my boundaries to be crossed, particularly in how I, you know, allowed him to speak to me and, and different things, we were absolutely a values mis mismatch, mismatch. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that created a lot of conflict, too. And that created a lot of myself putting me in the victim mode. Poor me, poor me, poor me. And blaming him for everything. Um, when as I said, like, he told me who he was on the third date. And I chose not to believe him and just kept going. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Oprah quotes Maya Angelou, who says, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time there it is yeah. yes that's and what i was looking for thank you yeah right, exactly. and whatever because what my angela would say 
you know, whenever you're on a date with them and they say, you know, I'm no good for you, you believe them. <laughs> Don't try to convince them. Otherwise, right. you know, I'm right. no good for you. Okay, well, thank you. Move on. Right. Um, and he said but, to me, like, Crystal, I like to stay at home and order pizza and watch movies. And he meant it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't thought, well, listen. He just, uh, he just hasn't met me. And he hasn't, you know, if he goes out with me, it'll be so much more fun. He just doesn't know what fun is yet. But I'm going to show him what it is. Exactly. And he's going to love my family. He's going to love my best friends. And not that he didn't like them. He, it just, yeah. I'll say wasn't his, his value. So it was, it was a constant clash and, you know, it really does Carla go back to the Holy spirit. I had that still small voice inside me. I really did. Even though I wasn't on, I'll call it the straight and narrow path. I knew better and I didn't follow. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's a choice that you have to live with. Yeah, very true. It is. It is. So ultimately, the relationship did end, the marriage did end in divorce. And so what was that like for you as a woman of faith? What was it like for you walking out a divorce? Yeah, Um. Well, I'll say that I got back, and I don't even like these words, but I'll use them. I got back on track. I don't like those words, but I can't think of any better ones. You know, like I, I let me phrase it this way. I invited God back into my life when I was pregnant with, with my son, Thor, because I knew better. I knew um, that I wanted to raise my son with Christian values and with a Christian life. And I started, I started going back to church and I chose a church that was was close to us and that um, was a bit contemporary in their in their thinking and also that my friend from high school ran. So I had two friends from high school. One was um, the lead pastor and and one was um, the worship and life groups pastor and his name was Wes and I ran into him maybe the first or second time that I went back to church and he's like hey Thompson what are you doing here I'm like I don't know Wes I'm just trying to figure it out and he said to me he said you know Crystal why don't you come to our life group and I was like Wes I don't do life groups come on have we just met you know and he said well, I really think that you would like my wife. I really think that you would get along. And of course, with the attitude I had at the time, I thought to myself, uh-huh, I'm real gonna, I'm really gonna get along with a pastor's wife. I can really just see us hitting it off. But you know, something inside me said, go, just just check it out. Just just see what it's about. You, you need something here, Crystal. And so I did. I joined their life group and I said, just go once. And they were just so open and so welcoming and um, so free in their conversations about God and the Holy Spirit. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with this. And so being part of that life group, even though I was pregnant, even though I went by myself, you know, even though every it was clear to the other participants that I was struggling in my marriage, I was accepted. And my ideas and my opinions about God at the time, you know, 
were accepted and they were respected and and they were lovingly questioned and challenged but i felt accepted regardless of kind of the mess that my life was clearly in behind the scenes because i could only you know hold it in so long so i can't remember your original question but that Wes asking me to that life group and then me actually joining and participating was a real changing point in my life and in my um, relationship with church again and my relationship with God again. So you're you're still married and you're pregnant and you go to this life group and you start um, getting involved and, and you have you know, some different ideas and thoughts about God at this time. And they're, they lovingly challenge some of your thoughts. So you're in this life group when you make the decision to get a divorce. Yeah. How was that received? And how did they ultimately, I guess, walk with you through it or walk away from you through it? They absolutely did not walk away from me in it. Um, Wes's wife name, uh, wife's name is Janie, and we had a lot of discussions. And she never once judged me. She never once, you know, said the Bible says this, Crystal. You'd better not get a divorce. They, they accepted. They accepted my decision, and it, you know, it wasn't like some of the things that I saw in church growing up. Like, ooh, you're getting a divorce. Mm you're welcome here. But the subtext is you're really not right. Mm -hmm. The single women really not so much. And, and they just, they just walked with me through it and they, and they accepted my decision. And I, I, I can't imagine what my life would look like if I hadn't have joined that life group, if I didn't get into church and I didn't have their prayers and support walking me through that divorce. Because had they come at you with, well, Crystal, God hates divorce. <laughs> and so, you yeah. know, and he does. He does hate divorce. I hate divorce. We, You know, nobody loves divorce. However, right. you know, there are time, there are circumstances that that is what it leads to. But had they just been like, well, you're making a bad decision. God hates divorce. We can't support this. We can't support you. You're out of the will of God. You know, what would that have done for you? I would have walked out the door and that would have been it. That would have been it. That would have been right. it. I wouldn't have gone back to church a single time. I know it. I would have just been like, you know what, y'all? You can take this and you can leave me alone. <laughs> And, and they didn't do that. And nobody in the life group did that, even though I'm just thinking back, most of the members at the time, and I mean, there was only five or six couples, they all had intact marriages, and not one of them um, said a single judgmental thing to me, not one. Mm -hmm. and, I'm sure, and not one and at the church at large, either, that we were all connected to at the time. Mm -hmm. Not a single person. Did they allow you to like seek wise counsel on this, on it and and maybe ask questions or or confide and say, you know, I'm confused about this. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how God feels about it. Were those conversations taking places? 
taking place? I'm trying to remember, Carla, because this was a good eight years ago. You know, really my wise counsel at the time was, was Wes's wife, Janie, and she's a really, really wise, really godly woman. And I know she encouraged me to to pray about it and seek scripture. Um, but I don't I don't think I, I sought counsel too much in her. I think that looking back, I had made the decision and it was more like this is this is the decision that I have made. And then she lovingly walked alongside you with oh. and within support of just yeah. you as a person. Totally. And just she didn't have to agree or disagree. She didn't have to agree or disagree. No. She just loved you. And and she did. And her actions were totally born out of love. Like they lived three or four minutes away from us. And and it was like my safe haven. I spent a lot of time there when when my son was a newborn and I was, you know, struggling with knowing I needed a divorce and you know, having a newborn and there was always a meal. There was always, you know, room in their dining room when I needed an escape. And, you know, that's really part of walking somebody through it, not really asking any questions, but having the open door. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, and there, and, and that was my safe haven. And that's what helped me get through the hardest parts of it all. Well, God bless Jane. Janie. Is that what her name is? God bless. It Wesley is Janie. indeed. <laughs> they bless. they are they have you know the sparkling diamonds and rubies in their crowns for sure. They are just outstanding people. And like I don't think it's a coincidence that I think the second time I had gone back to church, I was leaving, and there's Wes saying, "Hey, Thompson, what are you doing here? Why don't you come to our life group?" Right? Like who says that in the second sentence after not seeing somebody for a decade? But he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God bless him that he did. Mm-hmm. So you walk through that and you are remarried now. So in, in, in preparing for your next, you know, opening yourself up to a new relationship and dating and, you know, the possibility of getting married again, did you have those, did you go through the process of setting those boundaries so that you knew what you were looking for the next time around? <laughs> You know what, Carla, like the life coachy sentence would be like, yes, yes, I did. But I was absolutely unprepared for my second husband. Oh, really? Um, tell me. Do yeah, tell. It's, it's, quite, it's quite a story. And I refer to my husband, Blair, as the greatest surprise of my life because I got a phone call from my sister um, one day and uh, she said, you'll never guess who I ran into at the skating rink and I said well who and she said well Blair from high school I was like oh yeah she said no no Crystal like he's divorced too and I was like oh okay and she's like no Crystal he's I like I'm giving him your number he's gonna call you for supper and I was (laughs) like what like Blair from high school so I hadn't seen Blair since I was in grade nine and we were 39 I was 39 when I met him again, but I was, I was, I'm going to be very honest with you. I was legally separated, but I wasn't even divorced. And all of a sudden um, Blair came into my life and 
I wasn't prepared. I didn't see it coming. And um, so he phoned me and said, hey, you know, uh, I would love to see you again. It's been 25 years. Let's just go out for supper. And we went out for supper and and both of us knew almost immediately that that this was it. So here is my honest story. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Blair uh, well after my ex-husband and I had, you know, were separated and and we were just waiting for the legal proceedings to come tr- through, if I'm going to be very honest. Mm-hmm. And um, we met each other and and we started seeing each other. Um, now, what's the timeline here? In September, I was uh, legally divorced that May. We introduced our children to each other as soon as I was legally divorced and we were married within a year. And I wasn't prepared and I didn't see it coming. But I'll tell you that we got married. We decided on a Sunday to get married on a Thursday. So like four days later, we got married and uh, we just did it very quietly with our children. And my friends, Wes and Jamie, were the only witnesses. And so they walked with me through the divorce to circle back to that part of the story. And when I said, hey, guys, like I'm actually dating somebody they didn't say well you know is this a good idea hey have those divorce papers came through come through I said to them you know like he's he's a Christian man we want to do this the right way would you be open to him joining the life group with me and they said yes and And again again have they not left you know opened up that door if they would have said no and slammed that door in your face, what would you have done? I would have left and I would have said, you know, for, forget about it. So in that way, Blair and I were able to start our whirlwind romance in the right environment, right? In a supportive Christian environment. Um, and, and they could have judged us and they could have said, Crystal, like you, you're barely divorced. You haven't even had a chance to breathe. W- what are you doing? Um, but I a hundred percent, and you know, this could be shocking for some of your audience. I knew Blair was for me. I a hundred percent knew that this was the right decision. And so in October, we'll have been married for six years. Um, he has three children. I have one. So together we have four children and it has been the greatest surprise of my life. And you know, other than having my son, Thor, the best thing that has ever happened to me was meeting Blair, you know, going out for supper all those years later. You know, when we, when we last saw each other, when I was in grade nine and he was in grade 11, we both had mullets. (laughs) So I was walking into the restaurant, like, please, Jesus, don't let him have a mullet. And thank God he did, because then we would have been in trouble, Carla. But um, um, we moved yeah. on from the mullet. Huh? <laughs> we moved. We both moved on from the mullet, and uh, you know, um, so we're a blended family, and um, it's it's better than I could have ever anticipated. If you would have told me, you know, when I was in the middle of getting a divorce, you're going to remarry fairly quickly, and you're going to move from having one child to four, I would have told you you were crazy. And that you needed to uh, check yourself because there was no way that could be true. But it was true. And it is true. 
and it's been um, not without its challenges, but um, absolutely amazing how God has orchestrated this whole thing. I honestly believe we were a match made in heaven. And I had a crush on him in grade nine, Carla. And he did not date me. <laughs> they did not date you. Well, he was, yeah. you know, it all has to come full circle. It all has to work out in God's timing. We make our own it decisions. Did. He gives us free will. And then we get to, you know, hopefully fall in sync with God's will for our life. And when I, exactly. when I, and that's, and that's the thing that I wanted to, that when I, when I'm challenging you know, how the church didn't judge or they didn't slam a door. I'm not saying that there isn't supposed to be a level of accountability and that, um, you know, we are supposed to, you know, have accountability with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's not about just, you know, not having any boundaries as far as our faith and religion are concerned. I'm not saying that should be boundaryless. But it's so many times whenever we are trying to navigate and we are given free will and God does allow us to make decisions and mistakes along the way. And instead of allowing us to navigate that with God on our personal journey, so many times we have people of the church that are, you know, church people who are are judging us and are bombarding us with their opinion and they're um, telling us what we should do and what we shouldn't do and things like that. And so there's a difference between, you know, accountability and saying, you know, lovingly, Crystal, you know, do you think this is a, you know, a good decision or whatever, and being judgmental and excommunicating sometimes, in some cases, saying you're, you're not welcome here and you can't be a right. part of us while, while right. you're walking out this process. So right. there's a big and difference. That's that's the ironic part because when people are walking it out is when they need the most support. And so to yes. excommunicate somebody at the peak of their need is just not um, ever what we're called to do. And, and now that's, you know, that's my opinion. I mean, I'm sure there's circumstances, Carla, but, sure. but I, I, I look back and I look at how God brought Wes and Janie into my life and the role that they had in bringing me back to God and what models they were of non-judgmental Jesus followers. Yeah. Right. And, Isn't that and, what we all want to be at the end of the day? Right. Yeah. Like non-judgmental. Um, and I don't know about you, Carla, and this might be a conversation for another episode, but I was raised in just everything is so black and white. Everything is yeah. either right or it's wrong. And the older I get, I'm 45 now, you know, there are there are different shades of the black and white. And and that's my opinion. Um, and and it's OK. Well, and we, it, there, everything isn't cut and dry. Everything isn't black and white. And we have to walk that, we have to walk out our relationship with God and, and walk it out with him and, and have him walk it out through us, you know, and sometimes that it, it isn't, uh, the decisions that we need to make aren't just right there in front of us and we we fumble and we we navigate our way through it and it's not 
you know, sometimes if someone were to put it on a map, it would not be a straight line for sure. Um, right. But, but that's part of the process. That's just, that's part of the process. And in that process, you grew stronger in your faith as opposed Absolutely. to rejecting it, feeling rejected and being like, okay, well then if this is what, if this is what being a Jesus follower looks like, then I don't want any part of it. Right. 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 And, and I, uh, that's, I think the word that I was looking for, like if I would have been rejected, I would have rejected the whole picture and walked right off the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So this leads us into what your life's work is now. So what I say that I am relentless in creating healthy relationships, empowering women to create healthy relationships with themselves, others, and God. And so you did continue to grow your faith and deepen your relationship with God. And that went into other areas of your life. And you are the get God on your weight loss squad queen. And I want to hear, I want to hear about how do you get, how do you get God on your weight loss squad and how, um, it, cause this is about, you're learning to love yourself and empowering yourself to have a healthy relationship with yourself and God. And you have managed to, you know, put those two together. So I would love to hear about that story. <laughs> yeah, I might say, Carla, that this is the second greatest surprise of my life. When I became a life coach, I had no intention of calling myself a Christian weight loss expert. And it took me a couple of years to even call myself that. And in fact, in the coaching program that you were and I were in together, mm -hmm. um, it was our mentor that said to me in a one on one call, like, Crystal, you got to you got to bring this stuff out. You got to talk about your Christianity as it relates to weight loss. And she gave me the, the tagline, get God on your weight loss squad. And mm -hmm. like everything else, as it has to do with God in my life, I always have felt like I am not good enough. And even, you know, now it rolls off my tongue, like, like nothing. And, and I don't, question myself on it anymore. But even in the beginning, when I wanted to call myself a Christian weight loss expert, and I wanted to experiment with combining coaching tools with biblical truths and what that would look like and what the power of them would be like, I constantly would have to work through my thoughts of who am I, right? Who am I to do this? I'm not a pastor. I went to Bible college for one year. I barely remember what I learned, right? I've done X, Y, Z wrong and through a divorce, right? All of the things that we can bring up to plague ourselves. And it goes back to the whole worthiness issue, right? Like, so it moved from not being worthy of, of, uh, of, uh, joyful marriage, I'll say, to not even being worthy to call myself a Christian weight loss expert. And so to kind of combine them all, right, like this is at the root of so many problems, I think, that women have today. Um, and I don't think it's at the conscious level where women are walking around, you know, eating a dozen donuts thinking, well, I'm going to eat these donuts because I don't feel worthy. I don't think that it's at all. I think it's a, a pervasive belief deep in our hearts. Um, 
that we really need to question and we need to pull out and we need to look at how that is affecting how we think, how we feel, and then how we act. And, and that is really at the heart of much of the work that I do with women as a Christian weight loss expert, because I mean, as a fellow coach, I could give somebody a meal plan. I could tell them exactly what to eat, but at the end of the day, if there isn't a renewal of the mind, as per Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of our minds, then no transformation, no change is going to stick. And now we can take that verse and really think about it, Carla, right? Like, can you remind me, did you grow up going to church? I did, yes. Right. And so I don't know about you, but I've heard countless sermons on be transformed by the, by the renewing of our mind. And one day it, it hit me like, yeah, I've thought about this most of my life. Why not apply that biblical truth to weight loss? Why not help women transform by renewing their minds, renewing those beliefs of their heart, um, you know, renewing what they believe is possible for them? And, and that is, if I were to put it in a nutshell, at the, at the crux of, of the work that I do with women is renewing their mind for weight loss. So what does that look like, renewing your mind for weight loss? That's a great question. Um, one of the first places that I start with women, Carla, is by changing their identity. And... You know, so many women who have struggled with their weight for years or decades or since ever since they can remember have identities that are not serving them. They have identities as a food addict or somebody who has no willpower or somebody who will always be fat or somebody who will always be overweight. And as you know, being a coach yourself, if you believe deep down in what the Bible calls our heart, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he right? If those beliefs and if that identity is at the bottom of your heart, that is the autopilot. That is the subconscious thinking that is running the show. And so in my work, how we begin to renew a woman's mind for weight loss is changing her identity. And I do that very simply with, um, Proverbs 31, 25, she is clothed in strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. This is one of the first things I teach my clients. Okay, let's put this on repeat. Let's get this into your brain so that it gets into your heart, that you are a woman who is clothed in strength and dignity, is, is present tense. That's who you are now. You do not have to wait for the scale to say 199 or 150 or 130 or size 4 or 6, 10, whatever it is. What would your weight loss journey look like if you believed you were worthy of strength and dignity now? What would change for you? And that's really where we start. And we, we slowly but surely work on changing that identity and those incorrect thoughts about self into what God says about us as women. We were built for strength and dignity. And so what does it look like to treat yourself as such? Because, I mean, 
I, I could tell you a million stories, Carla, but I used to be a woman who would eat an entire pint of Haagen-Dazs alone in a dimly lit basement. I used to eat out of the garbage. I used to eat a whole sleeve of Oreo standing in front of the pantry. And if we just simply apply that new identity as our filter, okay, like, are these actions of a woman who actually believes she has clothing, strength, and dignity? 99% oh of the God. time... I am I am picturing myself standing at the the kitchen cabinet, you know, just like yeah, eating and grabbing whatever's on the cabinet and like shoving it in my right. face, and and I can just imagine right. if I were like, is this what a woman who is clothed in strength and dignity looks like? Is this how a woman who has strength and dignity eats and feeds right. and nourishes her body? Yeah, right. I just totally pictured it in my mind just then. Yeah, right. that's and, so and comfortable. Our, right, and we all have those pictures, Carla. And it's not a member a matter of remembering those pictures with shame. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, this is who I am now. This is my identity. And you know, then maybe ninety nine out of a hundred actions aren't clothed in strength and dignity. And then maybe 98 aren't. And then, you know, I should actually phrase it the other way. Maybe one out of 100 actions or choices. Because weight loss is simply a series of decisions. Mm -hmm. And you can make different decisions when you have a different belief about yourself. And so maybe one out of 100 decisions in a day are based on that new identity. And then maybe two. And then maybe three. And you can see where I'm going with that, yeah. right? But to answer your question as succinctly as possible, in my work, I help women renew their minds by simply changing their identity first to a, a powerful biblical identity and then looking at filtering actions and thoughts out of that new identity. You know, I do the exact same thing in regards to relationships. You know, we're taking the same principles and we're applying them to different areas of our life, which is, isn't that God? I mean, that we, we, you know, God is in every aspect of our lives and his truth is applicable in every single aspect of our life. You know, I think about, a, you know, each one of us when we were in our situations and all the women out there that whenever someone is speaking to us, um, that it is not appropriate and we should never accept and 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 just thinking okay is a woman who is clothed in strength and dignity would she let someone speak to her like that would a woman who right. is clothed in strength would she and remain dignity, silent yeah right. would she remain silent would she allow someone to treat her like that to do those things to her you know so yes getting your identity that is, I mean, that's the work that I do with people as far as relationships and, and ending toxic relationships. And what you're doing is you're helping women end a toxic relationship with food. I'm helping right. them end a toxic relationship with another human being or other human beings. And you're helping people, women, to end their toxic relationship with food. Right. Right. Exactly. And the fascinating thing is when people hear get God on your weight loss squad, like, are you joking about that? And I'm like, I know it rhymes and it sounds kind of cute, but I'm dead serious because why not? Mm -hmm. Why not? Yeah. Why not dedicate this part of our lives to God? Yeah, exactly. Yes. He wants all, he wants every part of us. He wants us right. all. He wants it all. 
you know, a concept that I, I want you to go into a little bit is I've heard you talk about, I've heard you say that actually gaining weight is hard and losing weight oh. is easy. Can you explain yeah. that? For sure. I had a client once say to me, you know, Crystal, why is gaining weight so easy and why is losing weight so hard? And I said to her, you know what? Let's talk about this for a second, because I think her story was she had gained 10 pounds really quickly within like less than a week. And I said to her, you know, gaining weight quickly is actually really hard because it requires us to constantly override our body signals, override our natural um, God given signals in our body. And like, think about it, you know, the more you overeat, the less well you feel. And it's not easy to feel unwell. It's not easy to feel bloated. It's not easy to feel the shame of waking up yet again and, and knowing you drove around in the dark by yourself the night before eating a 12 pack of donuts. That's not easy. That's hard. It's hard. And then when women say to me, like, why is losing weight so hard? And I always encourage them, even though I often get a couple eye rolls over Zoom, you know, actually losing weight is easy. Because when we tell ourselves something is hard, what happens? We don't want to do anything about it, right? Like I'm still homeschooling my son, Thor, right now, who is across the room from me. And if I were to say to him, okay, Thor, we're going to work on your math right now. It's going to be super hard, but we're just going to have to bear down and do it. He's not going to be like, all right, great, mom, let's do it. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Like, right. And so we have to change our thoughts around weight loss being hard. You know, what's hard, the diet industry. What's hard is allowing other people to tell you how you should treat your body, allowing other people to tell you, you know what, it's a great idea not to eat any fruits or vegetables everywhere and just go keto. I have a real problem with the keto diet and all these other things. And I always say to women, like eating like that is hard. Eating in a way that you can't imagine doing when you're 97 years old is hard. But losing weight is easy because all it requires you to do is really look at a couple things. And if I were to boil it down real simply, like I like to do, Carla, mm -hmm. you know, unless you have a medical condition, you are overweight for one reason. And that is because you consistently eat more than your body requires. Not every once in a while, consistently. And so the real root of the issue is, okay. Let's look at why you're consistently overeating, because that is where the miracles lie. And it gets easier and easier to be like, OK, here I am standing in front of the pantry. I think I want to eat a sleeve of Oreos. But what is really going on here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is much easier to lose weight when you're when you have the tools to slow down and recognize what's really going on. What is God calling me to? Because it ain't this package of Oreos. Are you sure about that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I am positive. I'm positive. I am positive too. I am positive too. And oh, so all right. Well, to bring this full circle, gosh. This has just been such a wonderful conversation. You know, yeah. I'm sitting here thinking about if your life group, if things would have gone differently 
with your life group and you would have walked away from the church and walked away from God, you would not be walking in your calling right now. That is 100% a true statement, Carla. Yeah. If they had handled you going through a divorce, that was, you know, trying to, you know, like, it seems like we're having two separate conversations here, but it all, <laughs> but but it all goes, it all plays out, and you can see the hand yes. of God in it, it. Because had you know you were in that, you were in that marriage. It was you know a a, a marriage that you made a decision. You know, to, mm-hmm. we all make a decision, but it was basically kind of like this. We've been together for a couple of years. This is kind of like, like the next logical step was, you know, type of thing. We made a decision. We got married. We didn't have necessarily God at the center of it. That wasn't part of the decision making in that. And so it wasn't all that God called marriage to be for you. And right. then you go through a divorce. And in the process of this, you meet, you know, you go to this church and you go to this life group. And it, it all, you know, God does work all things together for good for those who love him or are called according to his purpose. And you are called according to his purpose. Everyone is. And right. he used that life group that you were in whenever you got your divorce and then met Blair and they were Jesus to you. And had that played out differently, walking through your divorce and your remarriage you wouldn't be where you are now doing the work that God called you to do. No, like I, I I can't even believe that this is my life's work. Sometimes I sit back and I think, oh, whoa, how, how am I doing this work? But I'll tell mm-hmm. you, it is, it is a real joy and it is, it is a real pleasure to witness this transformation in women. And I can't imagine doing anything else. Mm. Well, how can our my listeners, our listeners here today, get to know you better, get to know your work, and get in contact with you? How can they get oh. God on their weight loss squad? Yeah, thanks so much, Carla. Um, I'm on social media at Flourish Into You. Um, at the time of this recording, I'm homeschooling, so my social media presence isn't as um, <laughs> consistent <laughs> mm-hmm. as I would like it to be. But when I do post, I post really good stuff that I really you do. Um, yeah, I think I do. I know I do. And it, women will find it really helpful so they could get, you know, uh, a taste of what I do there. And I also would encourage them to check out my website, which is simply flourishintoyou.com. And um, they can check me out there, too. Well, Crystal, I thank you so much. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Um, I thank you for, you know, let me walk through and connect all those those dots in this conversation. And I've just cherished getting to know you and following your work. Um, I can, you know, I love the Get God on Your Weight Loss Squad because he wants to be in every aspect of our life. I thank you that you let God use you. To, uh, to help other women and to, you know, change their mindset so that they can flourish into, you know, flourish into you, flourish into themselves and everything that God called them go. to be. <laughs> it has been my honor. Yeah, it has been my honor. I feel like you've kind of witnessed this whole 
transition phase two from, you know, where I was when we were in coaching together and, and uh, the trajectory now. So thanks for having me, Carla, and congratulations on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I thank you, the listeners. Thank you for uh, to listening and tuning in to this podcast and continuing to support it. And uh, I do encourage you to check Crystal out and find her on social media at Flourish Into You and to go to her website, flourishintoyou.com. So we thank you again. And uh, until we talk again, God bless. Hello, my lovelies. If you're just getting introduced to me, Coach Carla, I invite you to follow me on all social media platforms at Coach Carla Webb. I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit CoachCarlaWebb.com to find all things Coach Carla. You can download a free checklist called Is This Love? to see if your relationship is healthy and checks all the boxes. Or you can check out what coaching programs I have to offer. You can even schedule a free call with me. So hop on over to CoachCarlaWebb.com and I'll talk to you soon.